Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my guest today is Marvin Pratt, and we are discussing the recent shootings in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, some politics, and how to be nice. Sit back and enjoy. Continue. Big spiders. All right, let's talk about the gun situation that just happened. Okay. So, what was it, a week, two, a week ago? Last weekend, right? Yes. Another shooting. Couple of them in a Walmart in El Paso, and then I believe in some kind of night a nightclub in Dayton, Ohio. And of course, in the wake of that, are all the Democratical presidential Democratical. That's a new word. Presidential candidates are all screaming gun control, and then all the Republican. Conservatives are screaming, no gun control. So, where's the happy medium on that, from your perspective? Well, doing nothing hasn't worked so good. What does doing nothing look like? Status quo, like we've been doing now. What status, explain it. What's status quo for someone who, um, status quo? I have, I do know the English language, I promise. Status quo is doing the same, which which to me is not doing very much, right? It's talking about, you know, what we've done, what won't work. A lot of it is talking about what won't work. Oh, wait a minute. For those who are visiting this show right now, uh, this is a redneck version of Jerry Seinfeld's riding in cars with comedians. comedians. (laughs) This is uh, riding rough roads with rednecks. Maybe. Anyway. Well, if it works. So, two brothers chatting about crap. I guess what I mean is, uh, the Democratic side wants to push regulations forward. No one's come forward really with a solid plan or or piece of legislation. Um, I think part of that is because, just like, you know, they were at least calling for Mitch McConnell to pull people back, right? Pull all the Congress back so they can have a special session. Have a special session. He refuses, so um, nothing's happening right now. So, status quo to me means you know there's been a couple massive shootings, or you know not massive shootings, but there's been a couple of mass shootings, and there's been no, there's been nothing put forward. There's been nothing done. So that that to me is status quo. That's the dog breathing heavy, not me. If you hear that, riding the cars with riding rough roads with rednecks and a dog. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so that's kind of what I see right now. All right. So, if you were in charge and you could have your wish with your magic wand, what would you do? Uh, On this, not like you'd wish your little brother dead or something. Oh, for making you talk on the microphone. For making you talk on a microphone on a um, new show. Well, first thing I do is try to try to take a look at um, the mental health issue, right? And you, know, you and I were talking earlier today about how I feel about that. And one of the things that that I think is 
say background checks don't work. I think background checks don't work the way we have it set up right now, and that is because all the databases aren't talking to each other. So um, I would try to find a way to you know, establish criteria um, that analyzes these people that have had these shootings. What's what's making them tick and what's making them flip, right? from there try to find is there a way to identify that and uh, you know start monitoring that in people and I don't know if that's realistic but at least it's a start and I think that's the biggest thing is monitoring who for what well if we if if we found out that through the background check no if we found out through the analyzing of these shooters. Okay. So take a look at the personality profile and the psychological profile of all these shooters. And are there markers that are present that we can start to identify, right? And if there are markers that we can start to identify and we can start to share the data, because that's one of the biggest problems, right, is sharing the data, uh, then could we start to come up with some sort of um, prevention, control um, on, on these people that are exhibiting these markers. I mean, that's, that's to me, is a, at least a start. I mean, part of the problem is, is, you know, that we don't have that infrastructure in place in, in our, our mental health system. So then what? Got me. So, yeah, but, okay. but in philosophy, you know, just, so I think that if I was in charge, that'd be my first step. I mean that, you know, as a, as a leader or something, but my personal philosophy is too, that I don't think we need assault rifles in the communities or, in, you know, personal possession of assault rifles. And for the sake of this discussion, explain to the listeners what an assault rifle means to you. So to me, you know, I grew up hunting. I love hunting. Um, well, you like to kill things. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, as, you know, I have a, a deer rifle. I have a couple shotguns. I have a handgun. Um, and none of those weapons, I would argue that none of those weapons are designed for uh, military-type tactics or assault, right? High, ca high capacity killing. High capacity killing. Um, yeah, and um, so like my deer rifle, you know, it holds five shells. It's meant to be uh, a placed shot. You know, one shot, one kill if you can. But if not, you've got a couple more bullets. But it's not meant to just um, you know pull the trigger and throw out you know 20, 30, 40 bullets. So. You know, I think that, so I could still do the hunting I want, and I know some people say that they can take an AR hunting or an M16 hunting, and then they can, right? But it's going to be hard for me to walk into a nightclub with a semi-automatic shotgun um, and do the kind of damage it's going to be that I could do if I walk into a, a nightclub with a semi-automatic AR-15 or some equivalent thing with that with a bunch of high capacity magazines so that that's just my personal philosophy but 
but that's not where I'd start. I wouldn't start with an automatic ban. I mean, I think there's there's ways to go about making it a lot better by well, doing something. Well, because you'll if you start with that, then you'll just be met with total resistance from yeah. the opposing side. Yeah, I think that I think that is the case, but um, I also you know kind of philosophically believe that um, you, know, you don't necessarily have to start from the extreme. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, I don't know that anyone needs a car that does 180 miles an hour, but you know, people have them and they're fun. If you use them responsibly, they, you know, <clears throat> provides a lot of entertainment or, yeah, or they joy can or fun for people. And, well, that's a little harder for me to, you know, make that side-by-side -side direct comparison with an assault rifle, I, I get it. You know, they are fun to shoot. Um, so, I think you start doing something and if it works, you continue to do it. And then after you've exhausted other resources, that's when you can go to the extreme. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, I guess, because, you know, that's what I'm good at. Any, any kind of, like, legislation or movement towards that direction is an assault on my first amendment or second amendment rights yeah so i'm gonna you know if, if i'm if i'm from the ultra conservative camp that's usually going to be where my viewpoints are yeah so you know right from my cold dead fingers you know from that charlton heston which is a little a little extreme and yeah. a lot extreme and you know the gun grabs that everyone thinks is going to happen which i don't think i think that's hocus pocus but that's what our lovely media is going to spew to us sure yeah so i you know a lot of things a lot of things have changed in the last you know 250 years and some of that is that you know back in the 1700s or whatever um, late 1700s we didn't have automatic weapons we didn't have that kind of thing um, and we also didn't have people going um, you know sideways if you will doing these kinds of crazy these things. kinds of things did we so, not or did we just not have any record of it because there's always been crazy people from the sure. from the biblical times to now people have always found a way to kill each other yeah so maybe we did maybe or maybe it was you know comparison or comparable in the time maybe right. someone going into a club or a, a room and killing two people with a with a sledgehammer was equivalent to a mass shooting now i don't know maybe that's a big stretch yeah i I don't, I don't know the answer to that, um, but, you know, it, it, it goes to, you know, again, times have changed, and it, <clears throat> I think we need to change with it, and, and what I, here, here's the part that, that I struggle with, if you want your guns, right, it can't be, it gets back to a previous conversation we had, right, the all or nothing. Person who gets all, and so you leave everyone else.
balances out, right? And if you're in the all, it's like, great, you win, you're happy. But when suddenly you're not, then you know, it's, it's, it's that flip side. And as, as we get more, as, as our society gets larger and more complicated, it gets harder and harder to have those all or nothings, right? You get people that, um, a smaller percentage of people will, will be the alls, right? And be in control because the rest of the group's fragmented. So, kind of where I'm going with that is that it's hard for me to understand the position that I want all the guns I want, and you know, with no restrictions, and I want everybody else to have that as well. Because we have no problem controlling drunk drivers, right? We as a society have seen that we all need cars, we all have cars, we're all licensed to have cars, and we all have to follow the rules. And if you're a drunk driver, you don't get to go out and have your fun and kill a bunch of people. There's rules against that. And I think that, so, similarly, it's, it's it, to me it's equivalent, it's like, you know, I want my guns with no rules. It's to me the equivalent of someone saying, yeah, I want to have my car and I don't want there to be any rules. I don't want there to be any speed limits. I think if you're drunk and you're driving, as long as you're not killing me, you're okay. I just, as a society, as an individual out in the middle of nowhere, that's fine. But as a society, I think that's pretty short-sighted. So, I mean, it's kind of, that's how I process that. we got to be considerate of our neighbors. Well, yeah. When, when we have them. When we have them. And, and, and part of that is because, you know, if I'm out in the middle of the, the desert, and I have a couple of beers, and I'm driving my car out there in the middle of the sand or whatever, probably not going to hurt anybody but as soon as i'm zipping down the freeway you know the 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 more compact your society and the more you know the more things are, are touching and rubbing and stuff like that the, the more rules you have to have and that sucks in some ways but go to country where there's no rules like that and oh drive through mexico right most people don't like to drive in mexico and they don't want to live in mexico it's uh yeah and they don't want to drink the water so it gets back to there's a reason we have regulations and yeah sometimes they suck and sometimes you don't get to do whatever you want to do but I'd rather be able to drink the water than be able to dump my crap in the water so <laughs> freedom takes on a different meaning freedom has its limitations it's not just you can do whatever the hell you want right freedom because as long as well yeah like the constitution as long as you, your freedoms don't infringe upon mine all as well right yeah because I mean no, I just I, yeah and I, I just see it I, I, I think that you know times were different when and the when the Constitution was absolutely written. yeah absolutely so you think with all the foresight that the founding fathers had about everything they couldn't have foreseen something like oh I semi-automatic weapon with all the things no, that they were pre they, they were in, inspired to see or do or even if they could see foresee automatic weapons, I don't know that they would have foreseen our society and, and a large part of that, you know, maybe that's a different conversation, but is is social media, right? And how we each get to say what we want, no matter you know, there's there's very little consequences. You throw it out there and anyone can grab it and run with it, be it true, be it not, be it insightful. Um, so I think part of it is I think the the forefathers couldn't foresee how our society would be 
right now um, with this mental health crisis, right? And I don't, I don't know how else to, to verbalize that, but people that can sit in a in a sequestered environment, a lot of them find what they want to hear, what 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 reinforces their beliefs. Some of these folks, you know, they've shown that they're schizophrenic or something. And you know, you're talking about someone just sitting in their dark room, following social media. Yeah, maybe they're going to class, but but you know, in the, when they get home, they're looking at Facebook about you know something that reinforces the fact that they've been wronged and they need to deliver justice onto society, right? And that violence is okay. And that's the kind of rhetoric and kind of. Access to that rhetoric, I don't think the forefathers could have ever envisioned. Fair point. So times have changed, and, and you know I don't. Well, I think that's the biggest thing: the, the, the difference in our society that the forefathers never could not have imagined. No, well, because we did. couldn't imagine. I mean, look in the well, '80s; we didn't imagine it. That was yeah. 1980, let alone 1776. What was in 1980? Us growing up oh, without us growing the internet, up. interwebs. I mean, there was no nothing interwebs. like that. You had to write nasty notes to people. You had and to deliver go, it to them, right? Or you had to go to a bookstore and you had to go through and you had to find a book that you know was was going to teach you about you know the, the darker side of society and how people have been wrong and stuff like that. It wasn't. You didn't just get to sit in your living room and pull it up and sit there and stew about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a phenomenal miracle, but like every phenomenal miracle that's been developed, it's also used for evil. Yeah, and I think there are some people out there that are using it for evil, and I think there are a lot of people out there that are romanced into the evil or enticed into the evil that, that maybe they wouldn't, you know, likely, with past history, you know, being the, the example, would never have slipped into that. Always felt they've been wrong. They would have always been mad at society, but they would never have, you know, gone out and performed some act of violence. So, you're, are you suggesting that that changes to the Constitution be made that that, that stick, or just new laws and regulations based on the current one, or both? I I think to start. I honestly think to start first thing we should be trying to do is figuring out who's doing these shootings and how do we why do they feel identify like identify them and figure out and try to try to at least control the people that we identify in other words if you to me I mean and again I'm no mental health expert but let's say you have been diagnosed with schizophrenia well you don't get to have a uh, an assault rifle. Maybe you don't get to have a shotgun. Right? Or, or any weapon or any because weapon. of that. And people say, oh, well, they're still going to go get knives and stuff. It's like, yeah, they, they very well could get a knife. They could sharpen a letter opener. But they're not going to walk into a nightclub and kill 37 people with a letter opener. No. So, it, it doesn't... So the argument of, they'll find a rock and kill people with it is kind of invalid. I, I yeah, I, I think that's just... I, I can see where, how people go there. 
Well, like, man's gonna always want to kill man no matter what. Here's a well, and that yeah, that's the history too, right? But I think the biggest thing that has um, been well played um, is that you know groups like the NRA have have stuck with you know there's no such thing as good regulation. In other words, if they pass any restriction. They sell it as they're coming to take your guns, right? You want a background check? They're gonna come take your guns. And I, I, I think it's it's well played because it's simple. It's all or nothing. It's sexy. And, and yeah, it gets people fired up. They're not getting my guns. You know, they'll prime my hand. You know, well, yeah, like hold that, that, That's when was that? When was that tagline created by Charlton Heston back in the seventies? Probably. I mean, about that time. I mean, it's been around as long as I can remember. But again, it's simple. It's effective. It, it evokes emotion, and um, but I think there's there's I don't think it has to be all again getting back to it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. All or nothing, a lot of times doesn't work. So, but doing nothing is not working. Yeah, true. Because it keeps it keeps happening, and then and also with you know, social media. Yeah. You, know, you hear the copycats, and I don't know right. how. Who knows how many of these people are getting ideas from other media stories about other yeah. shootings. And then, you know, most of the time these people get killed in the line of their heinous incidents, so you don't know, you can't pick their brain, you can't talk to them right. about it. You can only assume what you read about what they may or may not have left behind. Right. Yeah, you try to do, you know, forensic you know, you do a forensic analysis, analysis on what they're, you know, what they left behind, you know. And that's one of the challenges, but again, uh, you know, if I was a responsible AR-15 owner or something, I'd be like, heck yeah, let's do some background checks, because I want people to know that then I'm a responsible, you know, I, or at least I've been cleared as not having any... Responsible is a relative term. Yeah, sure, right. Um, but you know, I, I just I don't see I don't see the bad in that. I don't see the harm in that. I, I see it as well. There's probably less. It's again, it's it's how it's portrayed by whatever side spewing this story. No, yeah, for sure. Because background check. I remember when I bought my. I, I own a nine millimeter handgun. That's that's it. I just have one. But I, I went in and just bought it. There was no, I think they checked my ID to make sure I was who I was. But that was it. Yeah. I mean, I, I bought mine, you know, 30 years ago in California, and I had a, had a waiting period. But yeah, I didn't have I, I that didn't at have, all. I didn't have a background check, so. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they did something. I don't remember. I just remember going in saying, this is the one I want. Five hundred bucks, and that was it. I walked out with it. And he said to me something that was quite interesting. He said, "You are no longer a subject; you are now a citizen." Which I thought was kind of interesting. Which some truth to that. That's based on the Second Amendment for sure. It's very militia-ish. Just you know that you you're you can now defend yourself. Basically, I think you're saying you can now defend yourself right. against. And I I think that's another thing that's played a lot. You know, is that somehow the 
somehow the government's going to come and take over, right? But in I, which, in which I get, you know, because you look back in history, and that's right. That has happened, and that's how a lot of tyrannical governments have started is by removing weapons at sure. first, slowly and securely. But I look back at all the wars that we've been in in the last thirty or forty years, and I look at all the citizens that were armed, and I could be holed up in the best bunker on my property that I can build with an AR-15 and all the all the other stuff, and one airstrike or one guided bomb is going to take me out like no one's business. So I'm never going to be able to compete against the U.S. military. So the U.S. military probably should have some background checks. Well, yeah, probably. Maybe. You know, and I hope that during their training and stuff, some of that's weeded out. But not all of it. I mean, look, there's, you know, there's cases that are prosecuted. That was where, kind of a joke, but, oh, you yeah. know. But where people have gone sideways. Yeah. So, and afterwards, right? Because we don't do enough for our vets for the, you know, post-traumatic stress. And that, that to me is criminal, too. So we've created some of these shooters Are from, any of these from shooters? the mental health aspect because we haven't given the veterans what they need. Speaking as veteran. Speaking as veteran. Okay. A well, I'll I'll uh, I'll quantify that. A Cold War veteran. Cold-hearted war veteran. Hey, we scared those rescues down like no one's business, but I never shot it. Yes. You're hateful and judgmental because you said rusky. Well, how dare you? How it dare was, you? It was a throwback term. It was you know, an affectionate nickname. How dare you go down that road? <laughs> Such a hater and name caller. Alright, so we are driving on this bumpy, dirty road coming down off West Mountain in Utah County. And there is a sign that says, No trespassing next line says no shooting workers below it's not really punctuated well but um, I'm glad they tell me that I can't shoot workers below well so apparently there's uh, like a farm below this mountain they don't want you shooting the workers below it's a fair request I suppose yeah, the workers probably really appreciate it yeah okay what I especially like uh is the bullet holes in the sign. Bullet holes in the sign. Actually, I guess that the bullet hole was a period <laughs> in this sentence. So it was technically punctuated. Punctured. Punctuated. That's good. Yeah. All, All right, right. What else did we, we Did about? we solve gun control? I think we nailed it. Um, bickering in politics. We and I have kind of talked about this yeah. already, but I don't know if we should hash it out again, but... About, oh, there was a guy fixing my car the other day. And he, he says, you probably hate me too because I, I haven't been on social media too much because I'm pretty right, right wing and do a lot of things that kind of piss a lot of people off. And uh, I said, I said, uh, I don't know what I said to him, but I'm like, there's a way to said so you just have to be nicer about yeah it. it's know? pretty simple um, there's a book by a guy by the name of Robert Fulgram and he wrote a book called everything I needed to know in life I learned in kindergarten and there is so much truth to that and honestly I've never even read the book 
but the title was enough for me. Basically, be nice, don't hit, share your stuff sometimes. And share it. If, if we all would just, I know it seems oversimplistic, but if we just did that, instead of, I interviewed a guy that was, in terms of politics, we disagreed on everything, but he was pretty fair. He wasn't a bomb thrower and never name color. And he, I just said, hey, what is it with, you know, if you say something and I just like see red or feel, I feel red because of what you, you said, it just, is it, is it, it's just challenged every core belief I ever had. And it feels wrong on the, at the onset when you first hear it. You want to, you almost want to, by nature, you want to go to blows with them and try to discredit them or prove them wrong or punch them in the throat. And it's just kind of an interesting, and this is anyone whose beliefs are challenged. And they just dig their heels in like, screw you, I'm right, you're wrong. And then we get on these social media battles and here here's this is a here's a statistic I just found that proves you wrong and here's a here's a graphic to back it up and then you lob it out there and then you feel good I got him even at uh, I was talking to my dad one, at one point and he's he's very 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 I wouldn't call him right wing but he's very concerned brothers tell me he's shaking his head hell yeah yeah he's right he's right wing fairly right wing and he's like you know sometimes I get in these conversations with these libs or of course he's name calling already which is dumb but I get in these conversations with these libs and afterwards I think of all the comebacks and ways I could have beat him and I'm just thinking I think you're going about that the wrong way it's not about beating them it's about to do it right, I think it's about trying to understand, hey, Mr. Opponent, who I don't agree with on anything, what experiences in your life have you had that have led you to this conclusion you hold? I think if we did, and it's it's hard, it's hard if you don't practice it, but if we tried that, then we see that person as one, or a human, not some group or some part of a group which we can label you know I'm monologuing here so chime in whenever you feel I'm spewing crap yeah we we just get them in a put them in a box and like okay well you're in that camp and this is how I have to understand you so these are the labels and and parameters I'm going to put on you so no matter what you say I'm still going to because I, you know, we have a tendency to think that the way we're raised, all of our beliefs and are right, and maybe they're not. Maybe they're, maybe there's a better way. Yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> well, and like I say, you and I have talked about that. It's like I don't want to live uh, in a dictatorship, and I don't want to live in with anarchy. Like a, socialistic country and I don't want to live where there's no government um, I have yet to see a country or visit a country and I, I'm not as worldly traveled as, as a lot of folks but but even reading about them and stuff like that I still think that for all of our faults America's a pretty darn cool place to live 
and I, I just get frustrated that, that people are still selling it as you know how messed up it is and how this and how that because uh, it, it's divisive and if, we're, if we can't figure out a way to come back together then we're in trouble I mean you know everyone says make America not everyone but one you know the, the right says make America great again Whichever, whichever one wants, but because it was spewed by Trump, everyone hates yeah, it. Yeah. hates it. But I'd like to say for the to those folks, okay, stop for a second. Look at, look at, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, but look at some of the stuff that, that quote, made America great at the time. Um, our government, I mean, this was, this was talked about in a lot of different, uh, different venues at different times, but... You know, senators would raise hell on the on the floor, and then they would go have dinner. You know, when when all the cameras were off and doors closed, they'd go have dinner with each other. You know, opposing sides. You know, the minority leader and the speaker, and, and come to deals and make deals because it had to work, right? One side didn't get to make all the rules. There was concessions, and now, especially with with, with again the way the media is controlled in the election time a lot by, you know, super PACs and other things. This thing is sold that if you're even talking to somebody else, you're talking to the enemy, then you've sold us out. And I just, I think that, that, that Speaking of guns, we're just passing somebody who's got these massive, looks like AR-15s. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, uh, if we don't figure out a way to start working together to come up with common solutions that neither side are going to think is perfect but it's better than where we're at and we're moving the government forward uh, I think I think we're in real trouble so as long as hate sale and hate is selling and it unfortunately does we're kind of in trouble yeah it's it's again whether you believe Jesus was the son of God or was he was just a good philosopher or not, uh, the whole philosophy of loving your neighbor is pretty sound. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, and I and think then, you said it really nicely the other day when it's like, you know, no matter kind of which Bible you're reading, most of them have, have the phrase, you know, love thy neighbor. Nowhere in there does it say fix your neighbor, control your neighbor, Save your neighbors. Save them. Sway them towards your way. Um, just need to work together. Well, that's just simple, isn't it, Marvin? It's a start. I guess or, that, that's what's been rubbing me, you know, the wrong way for a couple of years. Is, is everyone's dug in, and I, I just nobody wants to bend because if they figure if they bend or even listen, well, there's. If you listen to that other side, then you're going to be infected by them. Well, that, that gets That's back in to religion or politics. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you talk to the, you talk to the other side, you, you've turned on us. Yeah, you're right. That's. I, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. I don't subscribe to it. Um, I mean, I've had people say, "Gosh, you know, your boss is so so conservative and you know so right wing. I don't know how you can how you can work with them." Because that's his politics. That's his opinion. And you respect him as a person. Yeah, I don't have to have the same opinion. I don't have the same opinion as you do. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a 
sometimes I don't have the same opinion as you or whatever. I don't. And even my friends, we, we, one, one of the things that, one of the advantages I have with being a moderate on most things is depending on what crowd I'm in and who I'm around, I can argue either side, the, the, the good points or the bad points, right? Sometimes folks hear compromise and they say, they, they hear compromising your values. Right. Versus, no, compromise has looked the definition of the word up. Right. You know, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm guessing it says something to the effect of give and take. Giving a little bit on both sides so that both sides gain a little bit. Person, not an enemy or right. 
them people, one of them fill in the blank oh, groups. You know. Okay, so that's basically the end. This episode is um, basically go back to kindergarten, spend a couple weeks, and just learn how to be kind to one another again, and uh, all will be well. All will be fixed and well. Yay. All right, man. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for driving around the countryside with me. Great. Let's see if I can get this work. Don't go away. We'll be back in a few moments after a quick timeout. Hey, guys. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. And we're back. Any any kind of like legislation or movement towards that direction is an assault on my first amendment or second amendment rights. Yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, if if I'm if I'm from the ultra conservative camp, that's usually gonna be where my viewpoints are. Yeah. So you know, drive from my cold dead fingers, you know, from that Charlton Heston, which is a little a little extreme and yeah. a lot extreme. And you know, the gun grabs that everyone thinks is gonna happen, which I don't think I think that's hocus pocus, but that's what our lovely media is gonna spew to us. Sure. Yeah, so I, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things have changed in uh, the last, you know, 250 years, and some of that is that, you know, back in the 1700s or whatever, uh, late 1700s, we didn't have automatic weapons, we didn't have that kind of thing, Um, and we also didn't have people going sideways if you will doing these kinds of crazy doing these things. kinds of things did we so, not or did, did we just not have any any record of it because there's always been crazy people from the sure. biblical from the biblical times to now people have always found a way to kill each other yeah so maybe we did maybe or, or maybe it was you know comparison or comparable in the time maybe right. someone going into a club or a, a room and killing two people with their with the sledgehammer was equivalent to a mass shooting now I don't know maybe that's a big stretch yeah I I don't I don't know the answer to that um, but you know it, it it goes to you know again times have changed and it <clears throat> I think we need to change with it and, and what I here, here's the part that that I struggle with 
if you want your guns, right, it can't be, it gets back to a previous conversation we had, right, the all or nothing, right? Um, and all or nothing only works for the person who gets all. And so you leave everyone else out, right? And if you're in the all, it's like, great, you win, you're happy. But when suddenly you're not, then, you know, it's, it's, it's that flip side. And as, as we get more, as, as our society gets larger and more complicated, it gets harder and harder to have those all or nothings, right? You get people that, um, a smaller percentage of people will, will be the alls, right? And be in control because the rest of the group's fragmented. So kind of where I'm going with that is that it's hard for me to understand the position that I want all the guns I want and you know, with no restrictions and I want everybody else to have that as well because we have no problem controlling drunk drivers, right? We as a society have seen that we all need cars, we all have cars, we're all licensed to have cars, and we all have to follow the rules. And if you're a drunk driver, you don't get to go out and have your fun and kill a bunch of people. There's rules against that. And I think that, so, similarly, it's, it's it, to me it's equivalent, it's like, you know, I want my guns with no rules, it's to me the equivalent of someone saying, yeah, I want to have my car and I don't want there to be any rules. I don't want there to be any speed limits. I think if you're drunk and you're driving, as long as you're not killing me, you're okay. And I just, as a society, as an individual out in the middle of nowhere, that's fine. But as a society, I, I think that's pretty short-sighted. So, I mean, it's kind of, that's how I process that. we got to be considerate of our neighbors well, yeah, when, when we have them. When we have them. And, and, and part of that is because, you know, if I'm out in the middle of the, the desert... And I have a couple of beers and I'm driving my car out there in the middle of the sand or whatever. It's probably not going to hurt anybody. But as soon as I'm zipping down the freeway, you know, the the, the more compact your society and the more, you know, the more things are, are touching and rubbing and stuff like that, the, the more rules you have to have. And that sucks in some ways. But go to a country where there's no rules like that. And oh, drive through Mexico. Right. Most people don't like to drive in Mexico and they don't want to live in Mexico. Uh, yeah, they don't want to drink the water, so it gets back to there's a reason we have regulations, and yeah, sometimes they suck, and sometimes you don't get to do whatever you want to do. But I'd rather be able to drink the water than be able to dump my crap in the water. <laughs> so freedom takes on a different meaning. Freedom has its limitations. It's not just you can do whatever the hell you want. Right, freedom because as long as well, yeah, like the Constitution, as long as you, your freedoms don't infringe upon mine, all is well. Right, yeah, because I mean, no, I just I, yeah, and I, I just see it. I, I I think that you know, the times were different when yeah. the when the Constitution was absolutely written. yeah absolutely. So you think with all the foresight that the founding fathers had about everything, they couldn't have foreseen something like. Oh, I semi-automatic weapon. With all the things no, that they were they, they were inspired to see or do. Or, even if they could see foresee automatic weapons, I don't know that they would have foreseen our society and, and a large part of that. You know, maybe that's a different conversation, but is is social media, right? And how we each get to say what we want, no matter 
you know, there's there's very little consequences. You throw it out there, and anyone can grab it and run with it. Be it true, be it not, be it insightful. Um, so I think part of it is I think the the forefathers couldn't foresee how our society would be right now um, with mental health crisis right and I don't I don't know how else to, to verbalize that but people that can sit in a, in a sequestered environment a lot of them find what they want to hear what, what, what reinforces their beliefs and some of these folks you know they've shown that they're schizophrenic or something and you know, you're talking about someone just sitting in their dark room following social media yeah, maybe they're going to class, but but you know, in the, when they get home, they're looking at Facebook about you know something that reinforces the fact that they've been wronged and they need to deliver justice onto society, right? And that violence is okay, and that's the kind of rhetoric and kind of uh, access to that rhetoric. I don't think the forefathers could have ever envisioned. Fair point. So times have changed, and. and you know, I don't, well, I think that's the biggest thing, the, the, the difference in our society that the forefathers never could not have imagined. No. Well, because like we couldn't imagine, I mean, look in the well, 80s, we didn't imagine it. That was yeah. 1980, let alone 1776. Yeah. <clears throat> what was in 1980? Us growing up, oh, without us growing the internet. Interwebs. I mean, there was no nothing like that. You had to write nasty notes to people you had to deliver it to them. Right, or you had to go to a bookstore, and you had to go through, and you had to find a book that you know was was going to teach you about you know the, the darker side of society and how people have been wrong and stuff like that. It wasn't you didn't just get to sit in your living room and pull it up and sit there and stew about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a phenomenal miracle, but like every phenomenal miracle that's been developed, it's also used for evil. Yeah. And I think there are some people out there that are using it for evil. And I think there are a lot of people out there that are romanced into the evil or enticed into the evil that, that maybe they wouldn't, you know, likely with past history, you know, being the, the example, would never have slipped into that. You know, they would have always felt they've been wrong. They would have always been mad at society. But they would never have, you know, gone out and performed some act of violence. So you're, are you suggesting that that changes to the Constitution be made that, that, that stick or just new laws and regulations based on the current one or both? I, I think to start, I honestly think to start, the first thing we should be trying to do is figuring out who's doing these shootings and how do we why do they feel identify like identify them and figure out and try to try to at least control the people that we identify? So if you to me, I mean, and again, I'm no mental health expert, but let's say you have been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Well, you don't get to have a, a an assault rifle. Maybe you don't get to have a shotgun right? or or any weapon or any because weapon. of that. And people say, oh, well, they're still going to go get knives and stuff. It's like, yeah, they, they very well could get a knife. They could sharpen a letter opener. But they're not going to walk into a nightclub and kill 37 people with a letter opener. No. 
So it, it doesn't. So the argument of they'll find a rock and kill people with it is kind of invalid. I, I yeah, I I think that's just ridiculous. Um, I I can see where, how people go there. Well, like man's gonna always want to kill man, no matter what. Here's a well, and that yeah, that's always the history too, right? But I think the biggest thing that has um, been well played um, is that you know groups like the NRA have have stuck with you know there's no such thing as good regulation. In other words, if they pass any restriction. They sell it as they're coming to take your guns, right? You want a background check? They're gonna come take your guns. And I, I, I think it's it's well played because it's simple. It's all or nothing. It's sexy. And, and yeah, it gets people fired up. They're not getting my guns. You know, they'll cry my hand. You know, well, yeah, like hold that, that, That's on. when was that? When was that tagline created by Charlton Heston back in the seventies? Probably. I mean, about that time. I mean, it's been around as long as I can remember. But again, it's simple. It's effective. It, it evokes emotion, and um, but I think there's there's I don't think it has to be all again getting back to it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. All or nothing, a lot of times doesn't work. So, but doing nothing is not working. Yeah, true. Because it keeps it keeps happening, and then and also with you know, the social media. Yeah. You, know, you hear the copycats, and I don't know right. how. Who knows how many of these people are getting ideas from other media stories about other yeah. shooting and then, you know, Most of the time, these people get killed in the line of their heinous incidents, so you don't know. You can't pick their brain. You can't talk to them about it. You can only assume what you read about what they may or may not have left behind. Right. Yeah, you try to do, you know, forensic... You know, you do a forensic analysis, analysis on what they're, you know, what they left behind, you know. And that's one of the challenges. But, again, uh, you know, if I was a responsible AR-15 owner or something, I'd be like, heck yeah, let's do some background checks. Because I want people to know that then I'm a responsible, you know, I, or at least I've been clear as not having any... Responsible is a relative term. Yeah, sure, right. Um, but you know, I, I just I don't see I don't see the bad in that. I don't see the harm in that. I, I see it as well. There's probably less. It's again, it's it's how it's portrayed by whatever side spewing the story. No, yeah, for sure. Because background check. I remember when I bought my. I, I own a nine millimeter handgun. That's that's it. I just have one. But I, I went in and just bought it. There was no. I think they checked my ID to make sure I was who I was. But that was it. Yeah. I mean, I, I bought mine, you know, 30 years ago in California, and I had a, I had a waiting period. But yeah, I didn't have I, that I didn't at have, all. I didn't have a background check, so. Uh, and maybe, I don't know. Maybe they did something. I don't remember. I just remember going in, saying, "This is the one I want." said to me something that was quite interesting. He said, you are no longer a subject, you are now a citizen. Which I thought was kind of interesting, which some truth to that. That's based on the Second Amendment for sure. It's very militia-ish. Just, you know, that you, you're, you can 
now defend yourself. Basically, I think you're saying you can now defend yourself. Right. Against. And I, I think that's another thing that's played a lot, you know, is that somehow the, somehow the government's going to come and take over, right? But and I, which, and which I get, you know, because you look back in history, and that's right. That has happened, and that's how a lot of tyrannical governments have started, is by removing weapons at sure. first, slowly and securely. But I look back at all the wars that we've been in in the last thirty or forty years, and I look at all the citizens that were armed, and I could be holed up in the best bunker on my property that I can build with an AR-15 and all the all the other stuff. And one airstrike or one guided bomb is going to take me out like no one's business. So I'm never going to be able to compete against the U.S. military. So the U.S. military probably should have some background checks. Well, yeah, probably. Maybe. You know, and I hope that during their training and stuff, some of that's weeded out. But not all of it. I mean, look, there's, you know, there's cases that are prosecuted. That was where, kind of a joke. But, oh, you know. but where people have gone sideways. Yeah. So, and... Right, because we don't do enough for our vets for the you know post-traumatic stress, and that that to me is criminal too. So we've created some of these shooters, Are from, these from shooters? the mental health aspect, because we haven't given the veterans what they need. Speaking as veterans, speaking as veterans. Okay. A, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll quantify that. A Cold War veteran. Cold-hearted war veteran. Hey, we scared those Ruskies down like no one's business, but I never shot it. Yes. You're hateful and judgmental because you said Rusky. Well, how dare you? How dare you? It was a throwback term. It was, you know, how, dare you? how dare you go down that road? <laughs> Such a hater. Alright, so we are driving on this bumpy, dirty road coming down off West Mountain in Utah County. And there is a sign that says, No trespassing. The next line says, No shooting workers below. It's not really punctuated well, but um, I'm glad they're telling me that I can't shoot workers below. Well, so apparently there's uh, like a farm below this mountain. They don't want you shooting the workers below. It's a fair request, I suppose. Yeah, the work is probably really appreciate it. Yeah, okay. What I especially like uh, is the bullet holes in the sign. The bullet holes in the sign. Actually, I guess the, the bullet hole was a period <laughs> in this sentence. So it was technically punctuated. Punctured. Punctuated. Punctuated, that's good. Yeah. All, All right, right, what else did we, we Did about? we solve gun control? I think we nailed it. Bickering in politics. We and I have kind of talked about this, yeah. but I don't know if we should hash it out again. But well, but oh, there was a guy fixing my car the other day. And he, he says, "You probably hate me too, cause I'm not having on social media too much. Cause I'm pretty right right wing and do a lot of things to kind of piss a lot of people off." And. Uh, I said, I said, uh, I don't know what I said to him, but I'm like, there's a way to. I said, you just have to be nicer about yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, there's a book by a guy by the name of Robert Fulgram, and he wrote a book called Everything I Needed to Know in Life I Learned in Kindergarten. 
and there is so much truth to that. And honestly, I've never even read the book, but the title was enough for me. Basically, be nice, don't hit, share your stuff sometimes. And share it. If if we all would just I know it seems oversimplistic, but if we just did that, and instead of I interviewed a guy that was in terms of politics, we disagreed on everything, but he was pretty fair. He wasn't a bomb thrower, never name caller. And he, I just said, hey, what is it with, you know, if you say something and I just like see red or feel, I feel red because of what you, you said, I just, is it, is it, it's just challenged every core belief I ever had. And it feels wrong on the, at the onset when you first hear it. You want to. You almost want it by nature. You want to go to blows with them and try to discredit them or prove them wrong or punch them in the throat. And it's just kind of an interesting. And this is anyone whose beliefs are challenged, and they just dig their heels in, like "screw you, I'm right, you're wrong." And then we get on these social media battles. And here, here's. This is a, here's a statistic I just found that proves you wrong, and here's a, here's a graphic to back it up. And then you lob it out there, and then you feel good. I got him. Even at, uh, I was talking to my dad one, at one point, and he's, he's very, 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 I wouldn't call him right-wing, but he's very conservative. Well, my brother's telling me he's shaking his head. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's right, he's right-wing. He's fairly right-wing. Fairly right-wing. And... He's like, you know, sometimes I get in these conversations with these libs. Or of course, he's name-calling already, which is dumb. But I get in these conversations with these libs. And afterwards, I think of all the comebacks and ways I could have beat them. And I'm just thinking, I think you're going about that the wrong way. It's not about beating them. It's about, to do it right, I think it's about trying to understand, hey, Mr. Opponent, who I don't agree with on anything... What experiences in your life have you had that have led you to this conclusion you hold? I think if we did, and it's it's hard. It's hard if you don't practice it. But if we tried that, then we see that person as one or a human, not some group or some part of a group which we can label. You know, I'm monologuing here, so chime in whenever you feel. I'm spewing crap. Yeah, we, we just get them in a, put them in a box and like, okay, well, you're in that camp and this is how I have to understand you. So these are the labels and, and parameters I'm going to put on you. So no matter what you say, I'm still going to, because I, you know, we have a tendency to think that the way we're raised, all of our beliefs and are right. And maybe they're not, maybe they're, maybe there's a better way. say you and I have talked about that it's like I don't want to live uh, in a dictatorship and I don't want to live in with anarchy like a, a completely socialistic country and I don't want to live where there's no government um, I have yet to see a country or visit a country and I, I'm not as worldly traveled as, as a lot of folks but but even reading about him and stuff like that I still think that for all of our faults 
frustrated that, that people are still selling it as, you know, how messed up it is and how this and how that, because uh, it's divisive. And if, we're, if we can't figure out a way to come back together, then we're in trouble. I mean, you know, everyone says, make America, not everyone, but one, you know, the, the right says, make America great again. Whichever, well, whichever one wants, but because it was spewed by Trump, everyone hates yeah, once I hate it. But I'd like to say for the to those folks, okay, stop for a second. Look at look at you know in, in a lot of different ways, but look at some of the stuff that that quote made America great at the time. Um, our government. I mean, this was this was talked about in a lot of different uh, different venues at different times. But you know, senators would raise hell on the on the floor, and then they would go have dinner, you know, when, when all the cameras were off and doors closed, they'd go have dinner with each other, you know, opposing sides, you know, the minority leader and the speaker, and, and come to deals, and make deals, because it had to work, right? One side didn't get to make all the rules, there was concessions, and now, especially with, with, with again, the way the media is controlled in the election time a lot by, you know, super PACs and other things, this thing is sold that if you're even talking to somebody else, you're talking to the enemy, then you've sold us out. And I just, I think that, that, that speaking of guns, we're just passing somebody who's got these massive, looks like AR-15s. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, uh, if we don't figure out a way to start working together to come up with common solutions that, Neither side are going to think it's perfect, but it's better than where we're at, and we're moving the government forward. Uh, I think I think we're in real trouble. So as long as hate sale and hate is selling, and it unfortunately does, we're kind of in trouble. Yeah, it's it's again whether you believe Jesus was the son of God or was he was just a good philosopher or not uh, the whole philosophy of loving your neighbor is pretty sound love your neighbor as yourself well and I and think then, you said it really nicely the other day when it's like you know, no matter kind of which bible you're reading most of them have, have the phrase you know love thy neighbor nowhere in there does it say fix your neighbor control your neighbor save your neighbor save them sway them towards your way just simple, isn't it? It's a start. I guess or, that, that's what's been rubbing me you know, the wrong way for a couple of years is, is everyone's dug in. And I, I just Nobody wants to bend because if they figure if they bend or even listen. Well, there's if you listen to that other side, then you're going to be infected by them. Well, that, that gets that's back in to religion or politics. Yeah. You, like, yeah, you, talk the, you talk to the other side, you, you've turned on us. Yeah, you're right. That's, I, I just don't see it. See it, I don't subscribe to it. Um, I mean, I've had people say, Gosh, you know, your boss is so so conservative and you know, so right wing. I don't know how you can how you can work with him because that's his politics and that's his opinion. And you respect him as a person, yeah. I don't have to have the same opinion, I don't have the same opinion as you do, you know, but sometimes I don't have the same opinion as you or whatever. I don't, and even my friend, we we 
problems I have with being a moderate on those things is depending on what crowd I'm in and who I'm around, I can argue either side. The, the, the good points or the bad points, right? Um, there just needs to be more compromise, more working together. Sometimes folks hear compromise and they say, they, they hear compromising your values. Right. Versus, you know, compromise has looked the definition of the word up. Right. You know, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm guessing it says something to the effect of give and take. Giving a little bit on both sides so that both sides gain a little bit. Right.
Okay, so that's basically the end. This episode is um, basically go back to kindergarten, spend a couple weeks, and just learn how to be kind to one another again, and uh, all will be well. All will be fixed and well. Yay. All right, man. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for driving around the countryside with me. Great. Thank you again for listening to the Parish to Thought show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us.